Good. Kia ora, everybody. What's up? Good morning, New Zealand. It is Friday, um, and I am joined by CEO of Callahan Innovation, Vic Crone. How are you, Vic? Morena, I am doing good. Thank you. You wrote How are you? you you are out of out of the chaos of Auckland. You're you're off in the off in the bush in in the wilderness, away from a bunch of humans. How's the setup? I am uh, I am in the bush. There is no one around here. I don't even think they could find us. Um, so the setup is great. Um, I've got my daughter. Uh, she's doing her school lessons at the moment, and um, I've got my other daughter in the kind of garage upstairs doing um, her university work. So, and then the dog is just like, "What is it with these humans? They're all home all day." He's like super excited. Um, so now we've got a good setup here. I think another few days, and then I'll be able to just kind of totally kind of settle down, relax, and, and get some new routines going. Yeah, the, the the routine of everyone this week is kind of like shell shock, um, married at first sight. Holy shit, what's going on? I think by the weekend, then it'll be like, okay, now we've kind of got the routine. And, and I think by next Monday, the flow of, I guess, productivity will probably um, go up a little bit. And also, it's quite funny because when they knew it was coming, oh, that's a dog. Yeah, doggies. Yes, oh. I can see him. Oh. Yes. Oh. First dog, yes, more than welcome. Um, see, we're humanizing the corporate experience. Um I had a buddy who had a mad batch he was going to go to, and then they said there was no fishing. So he just got pumped. He was like, stuff it. So he's just stayed in Hamilton for a bit. So it sounds like it's been good. Um, I think just on this your point, last um, week, when did, yeah. Just on point on the routines. I think, I think what we need to recognize is there's a whole spectrum of things going on. So I think you're absolutely right that there is a range of people who are going to settle into new routines quite quickly. But I think there's a range of people who aren't. And, you know, I know um, personally a number mm. of people who have been really caught short. Um, you know, they've been in the middle of moving houses. They've actually just recently separated from their families. So their kids' routines aren't settled. And, you know, um, their partner may have lost their jobs. So I think for some of us, we're really lucky. Like I'm really lucky. I'm, and the kids and I can settle real fast here. But for others, they're not lucky like that. And so, you know, we just need to keep being really um, empathetic and listening and supporting those that are going to take a little bit more time to settle into, you know, what is a, a completely different way of life when they were already upended in their, their previous way of life. Yeah, it's a really good point that you jumped there because one of the, I think I said it earlier this week as well, I put a post on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, March, March 24th, I'm doing the mass and in nine months we're going to have a whole bunch of Christmas Day babies and ha ha ha, like funny, funny. And someone goes, yeah, and also divorces and domestic violence. Absolutely. And I was like, holy shit. And I hadn't thought about it. And I literally went through the thing of like, okay, yeah, if old mate's lost his job or there's drummer at home and he's he doesn't have his sport or whatever else as well. And there's going to be all these like, dynamics which i hadn't thought of so what i actually just got a, a call with um uh, dion nash from triumph and disaster wanting to try and open up more conversation around the tough times mentally that a bunch of people are about to have so i think that you're you're, to you're totally right because yeah if, if they if their normal world's been flipped upside down um even craig was saying yesterday a bunch of his employees didn't even have stuff at home to work from so they were just like kind of just raping and pillaging the, the zero offices snaking chairs and shit <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right though, that's going to be. A, I, I see it as waves. The first wave is like, holy shit, now we're now remote, and the second wave is is just that thing of, like, forced isolation for some that need people is a real thing, 
or they've got their routine and they you know, like the water cooler Karen chats and just all these other things. So I'm kind of, I'm quite, I think as much as I'm worried about the hospitals, I almost kind of feel that the police are going to have a whole bunch of gnarly stuff they're going to have to deal with domestically in this next little bit as well. So I, th- I, th- I think you're totally right. Empathy for those that, that aren't, don't, aren't as, I guess, fortunate for forced situations like this, right? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, um, I know someone who is a police officer and he was sharing, you know, early on some of the things that they're being called out to. And, and you're exactly right. You know, people's level of anxiety has moved hugely. Their level mm-hmm. of stress has moved. In times like this, when you're completely upended, even the little things just frustrate you so much. Mm. And then the thought of, you know, while we all love our families and our children, the thought of being 24-7 with them for at least a month, you know, isn't isn't always the most exciting thing um, and can really yeah. put pressure on parents. And so how they cope with that in terms of mental health, as you say, violence, you know, some of the, the things that, you know, you and I just wouldn't even consider, but, you know, how other people might be looking after their kids because they just don't know any better in terms of sitting them in front of horror movies all day. Just, you know, things like that, we just need to acknowledge are happening. And I think what we will see is a lot more support for those aspects of our community come out in the next kind of three, four weeks and and months following that. And then how we support that because we're in in positions where we can um, to support those initiatives to help others as well. I think you're totally right. Like I know they'd always have the in Canterbury they talk about when the Norwester would come through, domestic violence would go up, and then there was the oh, when the All Blacks lose, domestic violence goes up. It's almost forcing that conversation now, where everyone's physically in it, so at all spectrums they can understand this is a thing because they are feeling the frustrations of being confined. They're feeling the frustrations. So the same way I think you know I've said it before, you know, like John Kerwin was kind of the. The, the Trojan horse is a vehicle to talk about men's mental health. This Corona thing is going to be almost a, a forced moment for us to think about all these other things that exist in society as well. Right. Which, I, which it, net net is probably good because it's forcing the issue to at least have the conversation earlier. That's right. And then as you say, like l- let people be vulnerable, let them kind of just yep. sting off, fend off, you know, let that be okay rather than bottle up, bottle up, bottle up and bang. So, and I, and I do think, you know, Michelle Dickinson put up, um, I saw last night, she's put up some, um, um, STEM kids for um, STEM mm. lessons for kids online, and so you can contribute to that uh, in terms of helping those who are not as able to afford that to keep their kids busy during the day. So those sorts of things yep. I think are really, really important as well. So with so when did everyone go remote at Callahan? When did when did how did because obviously Callahan Innovation? Maybe just give the quick uh, the quick one one liner for those who um, aren't aware or haven't engaged with that before. Um, how it all works and operates, just so for a bit of context for some of the viewers. Yeah, so we're New Zealand's innovation agency, um, um, and we're obviously a government agency, and we do a range of things from providing grants to stimulate R&D, um, implementing the new R&D tax incentive that's coming in. And we've got a range of innovation skills programs to, to lift people's skills in this space. And we also have a couple of hundred scientists and engineers who are actually doing the technical R&D work for businesses in New Zealand and globally. Um, and then we you know, support incubators and um, accelerators, things like that. So that's broadly what we do. So we have been doing a lot of testing of working from home um, last week. Um, and then we started progressively moving more people from home. And then um, during the week, it all happened pretty quick, though, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and so... Tuesday, um, we had a big chunk migrate home 
um, sorry, Monday afternoon, Tuesday, we had a big great migrate home. And then Wednesday, um, we pretty much had everybody off campus. We're a little bit different because we've got um, a 12 hectare campus in Wellington, uh, Gracefield, which has, you know, a lot of, a lot of complex engineering and chemical processing on it. So we're just working through, it takes three weeks to shut that site down. So that's just not um, and so what we've been doing is just working out how we do a, a basic maintenance plan to keep the site going. And it is also supporting some of the COVID work that's happening in New Zealand um, at, a, at a, a technical kind of chemical level. Um, so, yeah, so we had a pretty fast exit. And mm. then, um, you know, most of, well, pretty much all of our people are home now. And, you know, just giving them the rest of the week to kind of settle in, get some new routines going, things like that. How's the um, the... Actually, I was going to ask, from an innovation standpoint with all these scientists, have, have much of your crew have been, I guess, leaned on with, with government talking to about a whole bunch of this different sort of health and science or whatever? Like, how have it kind of integrated in with government over this over this whole sort of thing? So I imagine you'd probably be on their speed dial for a few things. Yeah, well, well and, uh, you know, government are uh, obviously working out, have been working out really fast what are the technical skills they've got right across the universities, Crown mm. Research shoots and ourselves for example and so we've you know we've um, been really clear in what skills we have and we're doing you know a range of support in terms of and there's some work going in regards to getting um, um, image sensor cameras up in our borders so as people are coming through the border we can be monitoring them and temperature and things like that so there's some work we're supporting and then we've been loaning a few of our people to um, some of the Crown Research Institutes who are supporting this. So absolutely, wherever we've got the skills, we're we're in like Flynn to be able to help out. How do you think, um, I was saying to uh, Jolly from Spark the other day, is it's like it's forced big machines to move really, really, really fast that haven't been done before. Have you ever seen so many either government agencies and the government and councils and businesses ever, I guess, be so innovative in such a short amount of time ever? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this anywhere. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> what we do know is in a crisis, um, and most of the crises that I've been involved in have been, you know, kind of quite tightly impacted. So they might involve a business or several businesses, but nothing in the scale of this. What we do know though, is in when, when businesses and people are in crisis, they mobilize fast. Yeah. And I guess what also it teaches us is that we can mobilize around some of these big issues we've got to solve as a country mm. and as a world really fast when we want to. Um, yes. and, the that's the... and so that's the, we now know that when we need to, we can move. And so yeah. how we don't let it get to crisis before we start to move at scale together in a collaborative way. Well, I think when when it's when it's forced, I guess like um, innovation and speed for for government. I think now everyone's got a really, really at the at the end of this. Hopefully, we you know all get out safe and everyone's good, and we get back to I guess a, a little bit of normality. Everyone now in government and councils and corporations are all going to be like, well, we moved this fast for this, so why now they now have ammunition to go up the food chain to say that's not good enough because we've actually. I mean, we we shifted five thousand people to work remotely within seven days and take our whole publicly listed traded company, um, totally not in any of the cities, and we still operated and we still think so. Why can't we do this little thing? So I think there's going to be a lot of um, uh, 
very brave management uh, that that start challenging a whole bunch of boards and CEOs to why not? And I think that's going to be a thing of like, why can't we? Why can't we? Which I think could be good. I think, I think that's been talking about exponential disruption of technology for a long time. And I just feel like people don't believe us that we've got a whole range of technology coming that mm. is going to exponentially disrupt our businesses and our world. And now we're feeling what exponential disruption looks like. So, I mean, I really hope that yeah. we take lessons out of this. Of It's way better to, oh, sorry. It's way better to be prepared, <laughs> um, prepared for that rather than where we are now, which is dumped in it and then having to scramble and run through it, which you mm. can scramble and run in a crisis well but not not you know not um as well as you could if if we plan and prepared so you know, in some ways i wonder whether this is a new normal i don't you know i really hope that this level of disruption isn't the new normal but yeah. this world where we are exponentially changing and shifting the way we work with a whole new range of technology coming at us to stimulate that i, I feel like this is a bit of a this is a bit of a, a flavor of what it will be like albeit quite a few levels down hopefully I do like it how no one's been able to give technology shit that it hasn't worked. Because if this was five years ago, 10 years ago, we, I was saying, you know, before, there is no physical or possible way that you could have done the same speed for businesses to operate, not in all their physical locations, the way it has and the way everyone done. Wouldn't, I don't think it would have crashed and burned and not been good for everyone. So the cool thing with this is almost like it's it's forcing tech to be not only like, Used but empowered and fully um, integrated into every part, so they can actually survive it. It's 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 cool seeing technology do something good. You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> so much like you know gidgety shit, and there's all this like stuff. It's like oh, I mean, it's like how does it affect me? It's like no, well, the whole world's basically stopped. Everyone's gone into caves, and now we're still actually functioning with some type of new normality outside of the you know what has been regular, which I think says actually a lot that um for the, the, I guess, the trust that they have in the technology and innovation sector, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, that's, that is one thing that we've done really well as a country is our, our fiber network. You know, we invested mm. in it early, you know, it was done and it was done in a disruptive way to the industry. However, it has been rolled out well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd hate to be in Australia now. They can't even get their fiber off the ground properly. So imagine working, you know, your whole nation working from home of predominantly you know, last technology, right? So, you know, we have done that well. And so now what we need to start to explore is what are all the cool things that we can do on this technology. Mm. It's there, it's working for us, it's holding up. Um, and so we can be doing a lot more with it. But we just, we haven't always been doing that because we've been wed to the old models of working. Now that's been thrown in the air right now. Yeah. How do you think, um, so at the, at the back end of this, do you think that most businesses will decide to, um, implement and change a whole bunch of new systems and processes and structure for how their business operates for better efficiencies and stuff? Do you think this is, they will realize, oh, Microsoft Teams can actually save some travel. Oh, you know, Google Hangouts can save all these different sign-ups, all these Slack channels, whatever. Like how much do you think this will change the way New Zealand businesses operate as we go to forward, I guess, to like a new Aotearoa? Well, I, I would like to think that they really will. And um, by doing that and by using this period of time to create new patterns, create new behaviours, you know, um, adapt your cultures to be able to work in a far more um, flexible technology orientated way. Um, and then it's just as you kind of talked about the level of creativity and innovation that we're mm. seeing happen with this technology, this new way is awesome. So I, I really hope 
that business as well. I know that some are already looking at that. And if you do, then for me, you're positioning yourself much better for the next decade of change that's coming through. Um, if you are a small business now and you are now forced to figure out what Microsoft Teams is or Google Hangouts is, and you're not, I guess, technically as, as literate or, or, or embrace the, the new way that it's potentially being done, how would you mentally help them gear up for embracing this to move forward? Because I think that that, that mental, um, I was talking to Dion the other day, uh, big big businesses have systems and protocols and they've got processes in place when shit turns south. They, they have a, they, have, they these things happen, right? Small businesses within the space of 24 to 48 hours had to let stuff go, look at shutting up shop, think about logistics and all these kind of like the weight of strategic pressure came down so fast, so gnarly. Now they're now they're physically at home today. It's Friday. They're stressed out. They've had the worst day of all of, of just chaos. How would you help them navigate mentally the strategic steps to, I guess, see out of the, the, the haze and where it can go or where they can go? I mean, I think the first thing is to actually just get through this phase for many small businesses, which is around um, basically identifying a more sustainable structure in the short term, cost structure for their business. And, mm. and just get through that and get through it real fast because then you need to shift your mindset into how are you going to pivot your organisation to get through the next wee while. And I'm kind yeah. of thinking about it in in three phases, if you like. The first phase is just consolidate as fast as you can. Many businesses are already doing that. If you haven't done that, then get started. And you've got um, Zach De Silva and Nurture Change has put out a fantastic um, uh, assessment of things that you should be looking at within your business to stabilise right. it fast. So stabilise that real fast. And then the second one is work out how you pivot. And that is whether you need to pivot your business model, how you're working, your technology, your products and services, but you need to pivot to an online digital world for the next probably two, four, five, six months. And so you need to work out if you're not online fully, how the hell you get there? Um, yeah. And so tap into all the resources. The wonderful thing is there are so many people like you, you know what Andy Hamilton and Pat McPhee are doing with Manaki. Yeah. And um, so many wonderful things being stood up go to those places for help. Mm. The other thing is that for many of these businesses, they've got their kids at home. Now, I don't know about <laughs> yeah. um, but my kids, 15 and 20, have navigated to this world with no problem at all. <laughs> and so use your kids and, and help and get them to help you navigate. That's what cool. Your environments look like because, and then if you've got, you know, grandkids or whatever else, Get online and get them helping you. So, um, and then there's lots of online tools. You know, mm. Microsoft tools or whether it's Google with their their productivity suite. They have so many online resources for you to be able to work out and navigate how to how to work through this. All of the all of the big software players are running. You know, seminars, webinars. You know, everything you name it of how do you cope through this and how do you best utilize it. And then I think the third phase mm. is the kind of recovery phase. So, and I don't know when that comes. through. Through. But after you've pivoted, then we go into a more stable world. We kind of know what that looks like. And then you need to pivot again to work through the recovery phase. I really like the idea about the kids being the heroes. Totally. Because they are, right? Like, I, I mess with that shit here. I think that's so right. Um, yeah, and no one's actually talked about that. Like, don't go to Google. Flip and ask 13-year-old Johnny who's living on TikTok. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right, right? And because the, you know, because we're much more open, um, you know, we've been disrupted. So our mindsets are more open to 
shit, actually, I just have to use this, whether it's workplace or, yeah. Yeah. or I have to use it now. So get your children in there. And I've, I've, I've oh. been where, you know, we've had, you know, we've had staff struggling and it's like, go get your kids, get your kids. They'll come help you. <laughs> See, if there's all these like young bucks, out there now I think they've just realized their biggest leverage they have they have IP to 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 get extra spending money from the parents by holding Google their their, their accounts at their tech accounts at ransom to get them going I think that's a really good idea I, ne- I honestly hadn't thought of that because I think yeah. that everyone's going to these spots yeah you're right yeah. don't don't look at the screen look at the flipping couch oi grom <laughs> how do I get this working <laughs> sort the shit out massive digital IP knowledge in your house and now is the time to listen to it no, I, I would agree. What do you think the biggest, um, in times like this, leadership gets tested, right? Like I think um, talking to a bunch of people this week, we've been really lucky and appreciate everyone's um, time for it. Talking about like how they sort of navigate this. As a leader of your organization, how have you mentally reshifted how you approach this? Like have you, have you take, you knew this would be gnarly. You, you like ha- just maybe talk me through just like the, the, the mindset of how you've, navigated your headspace to lead an organization knowing it's going to go remote knowing you're going to have all these different things like how have you have you managed your 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 headspace to keep that balance because you you also seem very not freaked out yeah (laughs) i think it's really important not to freak out um i mean this is this is the biggest test of leadership that many of us have seen you know ever in our careers Mm. to transition not just your organization through a crisis, but the whole country through a crisis is, is you know, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's really out there. Um, and so, I mean, I guess how I approach it is, is kind of multi-layered. And I think um, maybe I can just talk about a couple of no, different ways to think about it. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I mean, first and foremost, you need to be really strong for your organization. I think in, the time, in times of crisis, people are looking for um, direction um you know uh, in terms of where are we going is this going to be okay etc etc also in this world there is so much information already available so people are also looking for a lot of transparency and information and then a lot of synthesis of your thinking because it's very easy for them to go and you know find out information that conflicts with what you're saying so i think you know, for, for our organisation, we're also been trying to put a, um, a lot of transparency into the way that we've been thinking, the sources of information we've been using, and then the criteria that we've been using to assess all of the decisions that we've been making. So I think, you know, resilience in leadership, direction in leadership, transparency, frequent communications, and that's, you know, doing whether that's video updates or getting in on, we have workplace by Facebook. So getting in there and commenting or amplifying things like that's really important. Um, I think the putting people first message is really important. So encouraging people, explaining the the human dynamics that are going on now, which is we're massively mm. stressed, we're anxious. There's, yes, there's a spectrum. Not everyone's at the happy end of that spectrum. And so explaining that and therefore helping people understand that the behaviours and reactions they're getting is not necessarily about an interaction we're having. It's about the stress we're going through. So and we're just we're doing lots of encouraging our people to listen to each other, to empathise, just to be there to support. Um, mm. I think providing kind of some direction in terms of what does the next three, six, nine months look like, 
you know, no one knows that. However, here's what we're thinking it looks like helps. And then I think the final one um, is around, it's really important that leaders show vulnerability. Um, and mm. so yes, I am fine and I have a really, really high stress tolerance level and, and I have a high change level. Um, I'm still really tired. <laughs> Do you know, it's been, <laughs> it's been huge. Yeah. You know, we were sprinting a marathon anyway in the lead up to this. Um, and so I think it's important for leaders to be to be vulnerable, that I am tired like many people. I'm standing up new routines. So, you know, so I'm not perfect either, that I'm looking out for a whole range of people emotionally, not just physically getting them home, but emotionally once they're home, how we look after them, how we support them. I'm really sad. You know, I, I look at, you know, all the people who are being affected affected by this, you know, job, look, their partners have been made redundant already. Yeah. You know, whose parents have just been diagnosed with cancer they can't get anywhere near them you know to oh. see them you know families that have split you know families that are using mm. kids um to get power in relationships and you look at that and you go oh i'm just you know that makes me really sad as well so yeah. i think there's a lot of people doing it tough um and so as leaders it's okay to show some vulnerability um, and we should encourage that um, in order to the conversation we kind of started at. If we encourage that and we accept that, then people are going to get through this a lot more rather yep. than sometimes we can assume that, you know, it's a bit of robotics going on and just get through it. I totally, yeah. So I have this, I, t I totally agree. I'm just trying to figure out how I n navigate to it because, so when when most people that exist in an organization, when they see leadership at the top, they not that I've been in a, a, a big, massive, like not that I'm technically employable because I'm a menace, but I can I know what it feels like when they can see, it feels like it's like the ivory tower of like, oh, there they are flipping, being all fancy and doing their little fancy shit, whatever. When it humanizes and brings them down to become relatable, it, Craig was talking about this other day saying, you know, like, like that new leadership is, it's showing the authenticity and that vulnerability and actually being able to have genuine chats and all the rest of it. That human, like being able to humanize those that are human that aren't seen as human. <laughs> and it sounds so weird, but these constructs of it, it's so stuffed. And I think it's been cool because even like when I, I think we had the first one with uh, jo uh, Jolly Hodson from uh, CEO of Spark and she's like at her house and she's got like her room and shit behind it. And I was thinking, when else ever would anyone publicly ever see her room? Yeah. You know? Yeah. when would it's like that would happen and then like craig was yesterday and he's on the he's on the he's on the deck and just you know wearing a t-shirt and shit obviously zero zero is pretty more more mellow culture but I, I think it's almost forcing like just empathy and more feeling and, and emotion and eq out of leaders and i think that's really good because i think at this time if you were that old school flipping stuff you this is how we do it my way of the highway bullshit you just come off like a flipping tool bag and everyone would be just off you, <laughs> you know, like you'd be like, dude, do you not have a soul? What are you doing? So I, I almost feel like at the end of this, the, the, the leaders with heart are almost going to be the heroes, you know, like I think there's a, there's a massive opportunity for leadership in New Zealand as well, which is cool. And it's, been, it has been good seeing leaders step up in humor. So I think you're right. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a tipping point for maybe the way the new leadership should be or could be right. I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, and mm. I think, you know, um, uh, some of the leaders in the previous models that you talked about, um, you know, their organisations won't survive. Um, and and so those leaders that are, 
who can cope with, you know, uncertainty, you know, vulnerability, um, mm. you know, who are very flexible, who are very connected to their teams, um, you know, they're the ones who are going to come through and who value, you know, things like emotional intelligence and have those yep. skills to, you know, to connect with their staff, you know, at that level. Um, and I do think it's important, you know, we are seeing in Agile models that more leadership decision-making communications is devolved. I mm. still do think so it is important that the chief executive role is very visible, is 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 and therefore as leaders we also need to be resilient, very resilient. This is not a four week thing. This is you know I I, I don't you know <laughs> right. This is my view on everything that I'm reading and seeing and hearing. You know, we're in this for, you know, 9, 12, 15, 18 months. Um, and so it's critical that as leaders, we are, we are. Um, and you talked about, hey, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about how I pivot the organisation to be in this kind of environment of uncertainty mm. for 12 to 18 months. Um, and yeah. how I prepare people for that, how I prepare myself and our leaders to stay strong and resilient through that time. Um, I mean, I think that that's really critical. I was just thinking two words, re remote resilience. That's right. Exactly. And like, you know, like many others that, you know, you've had, um, I saw um, Craig on and, you know, I mean, our teams, yeah. teams are having so much fun. Like we had, you know, the Batman outfits yesterday, you know, people are doing drinks, they're doing dance classes, you know, there's all sorts of stuff happening, um, which it's is great. Yeah, the um, I would say the level of creativity from those in commerce has gone has gone skyward. P mixed with boredom and isolation plus confinement is a gnarly combo of of things. Net net is good. I I do the challenges that the nation is having. I also feel outside of the the, the commerce, it's going to force all the that that the community connection to almost get hyper localized. Like yeah. I want to go to the dairy and support Sally and her flower stand. I know it's important for that. So in, in many ways it may empower communities better than ever before. I totally agree. I think, mm. I think we're going to see all sorts of, um, yeah, that's exactly right. People, I mean, you know, we're not going to be able to spend money in lockdown, right? Which is not. So, yeah. so for those of us who are able to, you know, contribute to community causes, then I think that's really, really important that we are that we are um, becoming aware of those and supporting those, and that we are keeping our economy going. I mean, that's critical. Mm. If we don't, we're just going to have a, a, a much bigger mess to clean up. Um, yep. And then we'll see some whole new models come through um, in regards to um, you know we're already seeing it. Like I know um, some of our staff have been involved in in um, in Lower Hutt in um, giving out care packages to you know eight hundred a thousand people who just aren't in a position like we are to be able yep. to go through this next month in a in a, a even a medium stress environment. I mean they're just super super stretched and pushed. So yeah. Um, so keeping keeping across that supporting that. I don't quite know where that's going to go. Um, and I don't quite know my role in it. But I'm super open to um, working that out and then getting in. Um, obviously, I guess you're a government agency. You can't, I guess, personal opinion. But have you been um, happy with the speed of how we've operated and the what the government's done with with businesses and these these um, uh, the, the money support they've done to help all these different employees and like, how have you felt that the whole package over in su supporting business that the government's done has actually um, gone and set up? Because it seems like it happened fast. 
yeah. like I, you I, know. Think I think they've done what very well in regards to that they've mm. got support out for businesses super fast um and it's it's generous and it's needed it's absolutely mm. needed um and so now it really is up to businesses to get in there um and use those mechanisms and of course in a genuine way um you know the more that people take the mickey out of it the more that will hurt in the long run for them yeah so so I, I have been impressed with how quickly the government have mobilised in this space um, and it's mm. desperately, desperately needed. And I think, um, you know, I think we just need to acknowledge that um, what, what we, it's like that, um, you know, it's like the um, icicle, you know, in terms of you just see the top slither yeah. on. I mean, I've got, I've got only some insight into what's happening under all of that. And it is phenomenal, the amount yep. of... Um, experts they have involved, the amount of information that's being analysed. You know, our, um, I was lucky enough to spend some time with our Chief Science Advisor, Juliet, last week. You know, even globally, the Chief Science Advisors are connected and having calls, you know, every week around what's happening. There is a whole global mechanism going on and New Zealand mechanism going on. So I think, um, you know, we judge here without seeing all of what's happening underneath. Yeah, I've got a, um, a, a friend of mine in the, the banking space that's at, up the food chain a bit, and he was just giving me a bit of context to the layers of how they're having to navigate this and the implications if they don't do soon in the way. And it's been quite cool because within banking and telcos, everyone's just like, no, no, same page. This is for New Zealand. We'll sort our shit out. Sit in, get it done. Next. like Because I think everyone kind of knows which is cool. And obviously you've seen how things roll out when they don't go so good. So good. What do you think the biggest um, – what's the biggest fear – that you think New Zealand should be worried about in this next little bit? Like, what's the, what, what's the fear for New Zealand? Um, I think there's two. I think, um, do we have the resilience to ride this through? Mm. Um, or will we learn that along the way? Um, and if we have the resilience, then we're going to come through this a lot stronger. I mean, we're, we are a pretty resilient nation anyway, but I don't think we've been tested um, in this way. Um, and then along with that resilience is, can we behave enough? <laughs> you know, can yes. we Singapore or a Japan rather than an Italy or, or someone else? Where can we just listen and behave and be good citizens for a year or so so we can ride through this? So I think that that's probably number one. And then, I look, I do worry, and I, I don't have any more data than anyone else. This is my personal opinion rather than a government view. I do worry about the, the, the state that we're going to be in as we come through this, and then how the economy recovers, I, yeah. you know, I, you know, that's 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 um, that's that is on my mind, big time, and yeah. so he's starting to think about, you know, what that could look like working with people on that. Um, that that is really important. But I think the two are intertwined, right? Because if people behave, it gets value on the other side. And, and talking to an idea we had the other day with um, uh, uh, with uh, Jace from uh, CEO at Vodafone was saying. If we get to this end spot, because like, I was just thinking about the New Zealand winter, if we be good, if we be good little boys and girls and stay in our flipping rooms and do our shit, coming into summer, if, if New Zealand can have the marketing piece of the world of like, we're the first to topple it and do it flipping epic, done the right way, we, we're open for business. Think about globally all the attention that's going to come commercially to be able to set up offices here, to set up businesses here. The tourism, all of a sudden, if it's safe, and if you've had a gong show for nine months and you've been living in flipping New York or wherever it is, and all of a sudden it's like it's coming into winter in the Northern Hemisphere, it's cold as shit and you're off it, and New Zealand is, is free and it's open for business and it's ready to flip and rumble, and in New Zealand goes a direct flight into New York and, and all the rest of it. Like I actually think if we can behave, to your point with number one, New Zealand will see the gnarliest, most epic 
summer slash busyness tourism hospitality everyone out in the mix so i think you, you are right the two are totally intertwined but if we can just be good boys and girls and flip and listen to the angry school teacher that's just yeah. like got the little whip out i think yeah. it'll be bigger because i think that's the that's the the branding piece of the world can be a beacon of i guess positivity and um on the other side of it which is cool um i obviously um i know your time is very um precious i don't want to take up too much of it but i really appreciate it um any final words or anything that you'd kind of like to say um what else no i mean i think um I mean, we will get through this there is no doubt about that and you know we are the we are the most resilient species on this planet and so you know this gives us some good time to think about how we get through that hmm. what our values are as we come through this um and you know where we pivot to and go as a country and as a world so you know there is silver lining in it um yep. it's I think also recognizing some of the challenges along the way and then being conscious and purposeful around how we how we manage those challenges and how we kind of lead through those challenges. So, you know, yep. so I also kind of um, am optimistic and know that we will find our way through. I don't quite know what that looks yep. like. But <laughs> and, um, and things that, you know, what you're doing here and many others are doing um, in terms of providing supporters is really crucial for all these conversations to be had. Yeah. Yes, no. A okay. Pre appreciate. It. Thanks, Vic. Love your work again. Lots, of, lots of love on on here. We're sharing it out. Um, enjoy the rest of the, the day there. Um, take make sure old oh, mate dog doesn't eat your flipping kicks in the back there. I can see he's he's get, getting close to it. And um, I'll talk to you soon. All right, kikaha. Thanks, Vic. See ya. Bye. Uh, that was Vic Crone, uh, CEO of uh, Callahan Innovation. Good human, good friend, and uh, really awesome. I sit on the board of um, Figure NZ with her, which is an awesome, awesome, um, awesome organization, which you check out as well. Uh, so that is the first show for today. I've got another one coming up at 12 with um, CB Woodhouse. Uh, he is CEO of, um, he, he sold his um, initial business to uh, um, uh, Orcon, I believe. And then uh, he is now CEO of uh, Voyager Internet, so doing some really cool stuff. Um, I think... Two things. One, if you're in a household right now and you've got flipping kids around that use tech more than you, don't be afraid to ask them. I think that was such a good insight. Definitely do that. Um, yeah, and number two, I think there's going to be a new way of leadership. Old mate, yell at everyone and be all angry angry guys is not going to be the new way that, that true leaders come out of this thing. So it's something to be um, wary of. All right, team, enjoy. I'll see you soon. Peace.